Welcome to Nintendo Dispatch, your weekly Nintendo podcast covering all things from the world of Nintendo. I'm Christina. And I am Michael. And we are back again for another fun-filled week of Nintendo goodness. Again, a lot of news this week. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> Usually news. we have like a, a week or two where it fizzles out a little bit, but the, I feel like for the past month, every single week, we've had quite a few stories to talk about, and it's kind of nice. Yeah, it is kind of nice. Now, how was how has your week been? Anything anything stand out before we get into all of that fun news? Oh yes. My parents and sister got a puppy. It's a purebred husky puppy. Huskies generally have a lot of energy and as a puppy, even more energy. And they are having a very difficult time with this poor dog. Oh, nice. Well, <laughs> if anybody listens to the stream, they saw this kind of unfolding that they were thinking <laughs> about it. Cause I know you were talking about it last week during the stream. Yeah, yeah. The it's kind of a rescue situation, rehoming situation. The dog was an outdoor dog and they're trying to train it to be an indoor dog. And I, I think my parents are a little too old for this. Uh, it's essentially they just got another toddler and they haven't had to really deal with a toddler in a long time. So I feel bad for my sister, though. She's really taking all the training to heart. And when it's, you know, it's a puppy. They've only had him for like four days and she's just really taking it personally that it's not working out. It's like it's only been a few days. Calm down. He'll get it. Yeah. She yeah, better get but... her head around the idea. It's probably going to take a few months. Yeah, or even you know? maybe years. Like it's, it's <laughs> the pup. It's, it's the only year old. Not going to happen right away. Yeah, it's only a year old. But so that, mm. that's that's kind exciting. of a big thing. Yeah, I'm going to see him next weekend. I'm really excited to cool. hang out with the puppy for a little over bit over the holiday but... weekend. Yeah, Memorial Day weekend will be nice. How nice. about you? Uh, I, it's been good. Been busy. Obviously, we've had got a lot of work going on, so we've been busy with yeah. that. The weather has been beautiful, but too hot, in my opinion, because it just went from 50s to almost 90. I think some of the days we have hit 90 or are very close to 90. I'm not yeah. sure. And I, I, I don't mind the heat, but I don't like it when it gets that hot that quickly i just don't feel like i've had the chance to acclimate to it so i don't love it uh, but i did take the chance to get out on the bike which was a sweaty mess because i need to get a summer riding jacket i just have a i have a leather jacket and i like to have riding protection when i ride i know a lot of sure. people just jump on and wear t-shirts and shorts and they don't care but i i don't I, I like to have a jacket. I like to have pants. Um, I have a helmet. Yeah, I, I mm -hmm. like to be protected. And uh, my leather jacket is just, I had a t-shirt on under it, but it's just so hot. The things don't breathe, obviously. Yeah. And I had the, the, the front kind of unzipped a little bit. I had the sleeves unzipped a little bit. And it gets airflow up in there. But the problem, it also gets bugs and bees and things that bite you. And one of those things <laughs> went right into my shirt and kind of like right where my, my collarbone meets my neck, something either bit me or stung me. I don't know mm. what it is. And it hurt pretty bad for a while. Like it was just in there. And I could feel like <laughs> yeah. it's stinging and walking around and biting or doing something. And then I, uh, you know, I had, it swelled up. It's the sw swelling has gone down. I do have like the bite mark still there, but for the most part, it's gone away. It's a little itchy. Oh, good. Uh, yesterday for the stream, I took, made the mistake of taking <laughs> Benadryl, which yeah. I, I don't ever take, I don't really have allergies or anything like that. Uh, so I took Benadryl thinking that would help with the swelling. And I didn't realize that it makes you very sleepy. And I took this essentially like an hour before the stream started. So I was, oh, I was no. passing right out and I, uh, I had taken two of them. So I was really sleepy. It impacted my, uh, my stream a little bit, but I think I a was, able to, 
I was able to power through for the most part. I mo- <laughs> it was really funny because if anybody who's listening was watching, there's one point where you just seem to sink lower and lower and lower and lower in your camera. <laughs> it's it's it more about funny. the game than me, so I guess it doesn't <laughs> really matter. Well, I couldn't tell if it was. It was probably a really bad combination because I know your office gets very hot at that time of day. So it was like the heat. Yeah. Plus, you know, you had drug-induced coma happening from the Benadryl yeah. and just getting more and more comfortable and sinking lower and lower. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It does get very hot in this office. So, yeah. That is for sure. But, uh, you know, you plug through it. You make the best. Yeah. Well, shall we go through the news this week? The first story is uh, interesting. I'm, I'm interested in hearing your opinion on it because I have a pretty strong one. So apparently Nintendo is announced this past week that they're going to release a new amiibo figure featuring Zelda and Loftwing uh, alongside the release of The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD for Nintendo Switch. The amiibo is going to let players fast travel, which is a pretty handy update to the game. It seems like a pretty big quality of life thing. Um, It can return you from the surface world to the sky, and scanning the amiibo while in the sky will zap players back to the spot they originally scanned from the surface. So it seems pretty handy. Uh, From the original announcement, it was kind of unclear if the fast travel was only going to be connected to the Amiibo. Uh, They didn't say if it was going to be included in the game or if it was only if you like bought this Amiibo, you can that's the only way you could access it. And unfortunately, it seems like the latter. It seems like the figure is essentially locking off what could have been a simple and free quality of life update uh, to the existing fast travel system in the game, uh, which is pretty limited. Vice reporter Patrick Klepek, I think that's how you pronounce his name, uh, has reached out to Nintendo in search of a more definitive answer. And this is a quote from him. He said, I asked Nintendo if the fast travel in Skyward Sword HD that's ludicrously unlocked by purchasing an amiibo is at all accessible without an amiibo through a menu or other means. And Nintendo PR pointed me towards the website for the amiibo. So take that as you will. (laughs) Mm. Um, so the Amiibo is going to be released on July 16th for $24.99 US dollars. Uh, so essentially, it seems like if you want fast travel in this game, you're going to have to spend another $25 for quality of life DLC, uh, which is kind of annoying. Uh, I don't like this. I don't know. I mean, I OK, so I'm not I've never played Skyward Sword and I'm not super excited for this when they announced it. It doesn't really do a lot for me. I don't think mm-hmm. it seems from what I've got gathered that the general consensus for this game is sort of mixed. I don't think there's an mm-hmm. overwhelming sense of like, oh, goodness, I'm so happy this is coming out. I right. think people in general kind of had mixed take on this game to begin with. I know when this initially launched and what turned me off was the motion controls. And then when they announced it and they kind of explained sort of motion controls and then sort of a way around the motion controls if you want to use just the controller. Those things don't really excite me necessarily. Uh, so I'm already apprehensive about getting this game. I, I do want more Zelda. I just don't know if I want this. Then they start talking about Amiibo, which I never was a big fan of you collecting. Hate Amiibo. <laughs> I don't, I don't hate them, but I just don't need more junk on my shelf necessarily. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there's some nice Amiibo, but I'm not a big collector. I don't have a lot, um, I don't, I don't have an attachment to physical things a lot of the time, you know, Zelda or Nintendo or otherwise. I just don't need stuff. And that's what I feel like Amiibo is a lot of the time. It's just stuff. Yeah. And the fact that this is, what, more than double the price of what they normally sold Amiibo for, and mm-hmm. they have functionality locking 
behind it, the fact that you have to purchase this to have something that should have just been included in this HD remake, I mm-hmm. think is, is it's troubling that Nintendo's playing with this idea because this is the kind of stuff where we always look down on, you know, EA and we were looking down at um Overwatch because of loot boxes and things like that. A lot of mm-hmm. people in the gaming community do not like this. This is a paywall that you have to pay in order to get something that you should have gotten for free. It makes it so that other people can, it's not a competitive game. So I guess it's different in that respect, but you shouldn't have to pay to get something that should just be included in the game. Uh, and I don't think the fact that Nintendo's playing around with this is a good thing. If they end up killing it and selling a ton of this game plus this amiibo, what's to stop them from doing it more and more and more? I think it sets a terrible precedent. I think it's something that we've always thought Nintendo was against, and uh, it's very shady of them to be doing this. I am 100% against it. I don't like amiibo to begin with, and the fact that to pay to get some basic functionality some like you said quality of life improvement uh is just ridiculous yeah nintendo's doing us dirty with us big time yeah um that everything you say would basically mirror i'm i mean i'm curious like if there's others people that are listening to the podcast if you have different takes on it feel free shoot us a tweet go on discord talk to us about it because i'm curious to see what other people feel about this but in my opinion this isn't necessarily a end-all be-all and like mistake necessarily or like oh my god this is gonna break the game or Mm -hmm. change anything it's not a huge issue it's more that they're putting their their feet in the water toe in the water to kind of test the temperature on whether or not they can do this more and that's the thing that's really aggravating to me because why if they start with this they can do it to other games and i'm just not interested i don't mind dlc i don't mind paid content when a game comes out and then you can pay to get more content this isn't that this is essentially just a simple mechanic that should have been included in a quality of life update for an hd remake of a game this should have just been there because i think when this game initially launched people had issues with this fast travel mechanic because it's sort of cumbersome and it just takes time and then this just alleviates that i just think that it's scary to me because they could be doing this with other stuff yeah, it's shady and kind of greasy that they're yeah. doing it or even just testing it. I mean, what if they Metroid, shouldn't, it shouldn't have even gotten this far? The idea. What if Metroid Prime 4 comes out and in order to use a certain weapon, you have to have this amiibo now? You know, maybe there's something, uh, the morph ball. Like, I mean, it could be anything. It could be, I know yeah. that's an extreme case, but what's to stop somebody from doing that? What's to stop Nintendo from saying, well, you know, you had that functionality and mm-hmm. now you have to pay to get this stupid plastic statue to to do it now you what was a 60 dollars game because it's not a discount to buy this hd remix is now what 85 dollars <laughs> yeah for a game that's years old you know it's not even something i'm interested in playing to be like i'll wait for breath of the wild 2 over this yeah so it's something i'm not interested about for an amiibo i'm not interested in and it just really turns me off to the whole thing in general because it does feel kind of shady yeah, I, I agree with you. But again, if anybody else ha- has, you know, an opinion that kind of argues against anything we've said, we'd love to hear it because often, very often, Michael and I do agree on things like this. So it'd be nice to kind of hear other people's opinions. But yeah, I think sure. it's pretty clear where we stand. I really hope it's not successful. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so it doesn't keep happening. So we know about the Epic versus 
Apple lawsuit that's been going on and on and on and just dragging out and all that kind of stuff. Well, we're getting more little tidbits and information from that what seems to be uh, excellent relationship between Xbox and Nintendo, or at least potentially Microsoft and Nintendo. Um, during the trial, X and Xbox business development executive was called to discuss bringing xCloud to iOS. Also, they were discussing other platforms. So that's kind of interesting, right? We know that this has to do with mm. Apple and Xbox iOS and whether or not Apple Epic can be on Apple and all that kind of stuff. But the fact that they're talking about it being on other platforms is what has made us also curious here over on Nintendo's side. Uh, a games journalist, Stephen Totillo, shared a portion of that document, which had heavily redacted areas. And apparently Nintendo requested those portions be redacted because it, quote, contained competitively sensitive information about negotiations between Nintendo and Microsoft. <gasps> now, that's the interesting thing because you're, you got so much dealing with xCloud. That was an exclusive, like that all yeah. was xCloud related information and they asked to have that redacted. So potentially there's either something that was in the works there or you know, at one point was being discussed or maybe is currently being discussed. Nobody knows the sort of ins and outs of it, but it does seem to point to the fact that Nintendo and Microsoft were discussing xCloud related information at some point. Um, so that's just kind of cool and kind of interesting. We don't know anything else beyond that. It's just interesting that there must have been talks between those two companies at one point. I'm optimistic. I, I want do. it to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Probably not. But there's a part of me where it's like, it could happen. We could yeah. get more games. <laughs> it's definitely 100% in my mind not happening. But it is interesting that they talked. I think if yeah. the, I think the redacted information is, is Nintendo saying, hell no, quote. And that was pretty much it. Because I oh, just yeah. don't see Nintendo having any reason to do it. And uh, I think the benefit would be for Microsoft. But who knows? You know. It, it's very possible. Maybe E3 this year we'll get this giant bomb saying Xbox Game Pass is coming to uh, Nintendo Switch. Or, or maybe Nintendo is saying no because they already know they're going to be tough on production with Nintendo Switch. And they're like, no, we can't keep up with the production. If you release this, we'll never be able to. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I guess it, in the one way, like I said, I don't see how this benefits Nintendo, but I think maybe the fact that it's even on Nintendo is the benefit, right? If somebody yeah. says, well, I can have Game Pass on my Nintendo. I have access to xCloud and all these games on my Nintendo. But then now you're not buying an Xbox. So I, I don't mm. know. Who knows? I, yeah. I don't think it's going to happen, but it is kind of interesting that we're still getting these little tidbits from this lawsuit. Little little fun little news niblets. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this next story is interesting. Apparently, Netflix wants to go beyond film and TV, if you can actually call it TV. I just call it, I guess, like shows. Um, the website... Uh, called the information site sources who are quote familiar with the situation and says Netflix is going to actually is looking for a video game executive and has apparently reached out to a bunch of people already in the game industry. Netflix has been pretty public about wanting to bring more Netflix content into the video game market. They even hosted a panel about it at E3 in 2019. They also have previously released games based on the Stranger Things license. I think, you know, there was one that even came out on Switch. Um, but, you know, it was the first time it's been discussed about streaming games. 
from its own platform uh, recently. So they're apparently considering offering a series of games similar, and the model would be similar to what Apple Arcade does. And that would be made available on its own subscription service. And Netflix shared the following statement with Polygon. It said, our members value the variety and quality of our content. It's why we've continually expanded our offering from series to documentaries, film, local language originals, and reality TV. Members also enjoy engaging more directly with stories they love through interactive shows like Bandersnatch and You vs. Wild, or games based on Stranger Things, La Casa de Papel, and To All the Boys. So we're excited to do more with interactive entertainment. Hmm. Um, so I think if they go this direction, they're going to have to really make it their own thing. I hope it's not just these are shows that we have and these are games based on these shows that you can play. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to have to do something different than the Apple Arcade model just because it seems like that's what everybody is starting to do. It's going to be interesting if Netflix goes this direction. What spin are they going to put on this mm -hmm. um, to keep people interested and to actually make people want to sign up? Because I feel like people are kind of tired of subscribing to everything. But at least it's me. <laughs> I don't know yeah, if everybody no, I mean, is, but I, I don't think I would. I, I've I mess around with uh, Apple Arcade. I think it's interesting. Mm -hmm. I've been playing uh, Oregon Trail through apple arcade and that's been a lot of fun Classic. <laughs> uh it's a it's a remake of it and they did a really good job but have you died of dysentery yet some of some of the people on my crew have died um but in general i think that it's it's cool it's it's different to have apple arcade you get the options but I, i'm never hooked by any of the games i don't i don't pick up my phone and play things very often and i'm not looking to sit and play a lot of stuff on my tv through the like I don't know, whatever controller yeah. I need to use for Netflix. Uh, if they had a service that was similar to a Game Pass where you can now use, play actual games, that would be something. Or if Netflix is, I guess they do have the Stranger Things stuff, which in, in the most part has been well-received. I just don't mm -hmm. know if I care enough for any of this stuff. I don't know if I care for Netflix doing their game thing. I think having more competition in the market could potentially be good. It could drive other game developers to do interesting things or the game platforms to do interesting things but in general i'm it's I'm not, i don't care i don't you know netflix is i'm good with what they do at the moment i think they do a great job with that but mm -hmm. um i'm i would i would watch and see i guess is my take on netflix getting into video games yeah it just seems weird to me like they have three games right now kind of based on shows they have and now they're like yeah let's let's do a whole gaming streaming service now <laughs> Yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see. You know, but, I mean, yeah. who knows? I'm I'm not against having more games. They just need to be good games, and yeah, um, you know, and I, and I don't even know if it's gonna be where it's like they're creating their own library or are they creating their own actual games. It, mm. you know, it's still just in the talks. Yeah. Now, some games that I actually really do care about. If anybody's listened to the podcast, you would know that I'm a huge fan of the SteamWorld games. So SteamWorld Dig, SteamWorld Dig 2, SteamWorld Heist, uh, and then there's a, there's a couple others that are out there that I haven't played yet. But I will say that these are fantastic games. And then just last week, we got some more information from Image Inform, who is now confusingly called Thunderful Games. There was some sort of acquisitions or merging of companies and 
they are now all under the title of Thunderful Games, I believe. Their Twitter feed was extremely confusing, and I think it was a <laughs> terrible rollout for a rebrand uh, because a lot of people had no idea what they were talking about because images, image and form Twitter handle is still being kept, but they're keeping it to only discuss SteamWorld games. And everybody's, it was, it's just terrible, but the company's still there. It's just a different name. Ultimately, that's what it boils down to. So what they did say in the Twitter mess is that we're getting, there's actually a current bunch of games in development right now. So we may be getting some more SteamWorld games. I don't know if that means we're going to get a SteamWorld 3 or, you know, another SteamWorld Heist game. I am not sure. But if you have not played SteamWorld Dig 1 and 2, you absolutely should go and get those games. They are wonderful, wonderful platformers. Um, Occasionally they go on sale and they are must-haves if you're a Switch owner. They're fantastic games. I haven't played them. I guess I have to go buy them. You should buy them. They are very, very good games. And yeah. I think you would really enjoy them. They're cute. They're fun. They're they're sort of like a, uh, I don't know, like a Dig Dug meets Mario, you know, side-scrolling Mario platformer type game. They're not mm-hmm. overly complicated, but they're, I would even say there's a little bit of Metroidvania in there because you do get different skills as you as you go on opening up different areas, but the story is charming. The character development is just great. The colors of the world, the environment that they create is really engaging. It's so much so that I played one, then two, and basically just didn't put them down. I just played right through them. <laughs> and uh, they're just wonderful, wonderful games. And Heist is a, it's a totally different type of game. Dig 1 and Dig 2 are sort of the side platform Metroidvanias. Mm-hmm. Heist is its own thing, which is also f- fantastic. It's a lot of fun, but it's its, its own type totally of game. Totally different format. But the, mm. Yeah, the Steam World games are just really interesting because what's the other one? SteamWorld Quest is a card-based game. And I haven't played that one yet, but it's just really cool that they have- A card game you haven't played? (laughs) Yeah. So it's really cool that they have these SteamWorld games and they play with so many different genres out there. And I really love that about image and form slash thunderful games and that they're they're willing to take this ip and explore all of these other genres and really kind of push it and create new characters and new storylines and it's just they're they're so so good definitely so, get dig one and two so steam world is basically the universe of the games and there's a bunch of different types of games in this universe one and is two kind of the idea? follow the same characters heist there may be like some crossover but it's 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 Mm -hmm. a totally different thing and i don't know about quest because i haven't played it but i think they all follow they're all in the steam world universe yes it's like uh the mcu of uh steampunk games i guess okay cool really really cool if you like robots then this is the game for you all right i guess i'll have to add it to my my uh wish list (laughs) <laughs> yeah, when it goes on sale, I would absolutely buy because it, it is so fun. Yeah, uh, and it and it's just like a, a it's just a fun game. It's not super, you know what I mean. You don't feel like you're you're just like oh, this is a, a job to pick up and play. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just actually enjoyable. Well, that's what people want out of games, and especially this next one <laughs> that we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. um, Mario Golf Super Rush. They released a whole bunch of more info about the game. There's a new trailer. Um, so we got some information about the character roster and what special shots they're going to have. Uh, the speed golf mo- or the different there's three different modes that they're going to detail about. So we'll kind of go through those in a minute. But for the character roster, these are all the characters we're going to be getting and their special shots. And some of them are still TBA. Um, so with Mario, 
blasts away balls on impact. Luigi freezes the ground on impact. Wario generates lightning interference. Interesting. While Luigi is to be announced. Uh, Peach blasts away balls in its path. Daisy blasts away balls on impact. Um, which is the same as... There's a few of them that have the same uh, power as Mario. Mm -hmm. um, Yoshi turns balls into eggs on impact, which I, I like that one. <laughs> Bowser also blasts away balls on impact. Bowser Jr. is TBA. Boo will haunt balls on impact. So that'll be interesting to see like what happens when balls are haunted. Do they mm -hmm. shake? Are they scared? Um, Donkey Kong is TBA. Uh, Rosalina turns balls into star bits on impact. Pauline will blast away balls in its path. Toad blasts away balls in impact. Charge and Chuck blasts away balls in its path. And uh, King Bomb spawns bombs in landing zones. Hmm. So lots of fun little uh, special powers in there that I think would be really interesting to use on friends and things like that. Lots of different ways to yeah. handle balls. <laughs> How many times did I say balls? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a drinking game now yeah. <laughs> um as far as the modes go there the first one is speed golf mode so this one lets you and up to three friends tee off at once and race your balls after you hit them <laughs> your, your goal is to be the first to get your ball in the hole <laughs> <laughs> along the way players can grab items to restore their stamina uh stamina uh, and use special dashes to help them move forward quickly or attack opponents, or use special shots to help gain an advantage. The battle gold mode is basically speed golf with special rules. Uh, there are nine holes and one single course, and players are tasked with to being the first to, to, to claim the three holes. And then there's golf adventure mode, which is a singer player campaign that allows you to take a me character that you've created on a golf adventure. You can level up your golfer, engage with Mushroom Kingdom locals, and much more. Uh, you can also practice, there's also practice areas with golf trainers, so you can learn about the different rules of the game, practice your techniques, all that fun stuff. There's also challenges that include a ball, uh, hitting a ball into a giant pottery bowl on top of a tower, <laughs> stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then players will gain experience by playing through the game. And what I really like is they can allocate points to power, stamina, speed, control, and spin to improve your me golfer. And then you can actually use this golfer when you play any other mode in the game. So you can kind of level up on your own and then compete against your friends with your really, really awesome me character that has a ton of power, a ton of t stamina and speed control, mm -hmm. all that fun stuff. So lots of cool things about this game. The more I hear about the game, the more I'm interested in it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been very excited for this since they announced it. I'm still yeah. very excited for this. Uh, I, it is one of the games that I was hoping we were going to get at some point in the near future because, you know, a while back, I think we even had our predictions on whether or not, you know, this was one of the games I wanted for yeah. this year and we're getting it. So I'm, I, I, they don't even need to say anything. I, I know I'm already <laughs> getting this game. I think yeah. these are these all sound fantastic. I like the speed golf mode a lot. That sounds like it will be absolutely Tons crazy fun. and fun. I love that all of this is online, so you can play with people even though, though you're not in the same room as them. I like this adventure golf idea because really there's not much to do with a me. Uh, I, I kind of I the me thing is kind of dumb unless you can start. I, I just wish they would revisit the Mies and allow you to kind of get more creative with them where instead I, I think 
you know, we've had the same facial things and the same body types and the same whatever since Mies came to be. So I would like them to really kind of revisit the Mies and make them a little bit better. But I think that being able to create a me or bring the me that I've already created into this and golfing with them and leveling them up and having sort of this RPG side of the game is cool. I want to play with that quite a bit. And mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm interested in seeing, can I level, level up the power and the stamina and the speed and control and all that stuff so that it's better than all of the other characters in the game? Is there a cap? Is there, you know, do you make a me and say, you know, maybe... Like in an RPG, you're leveling up and you get a a skill point and then you can put that skill point to something that you want. But you obviously can't level everything to max. You have to kind of pick and choose what you want your character to specialize in. So I'm wondering if this RPG element is going to be similar to that, where there's maybe 20 skill points that you can potentially earn and maybe 30 skill points that you could use those for. Right. So something's not Mm. going to be as strong as maybe you level up stamina and speed and I level up control and spin and power or something. You know what I mean? Where you have to kind of make a choice, because if you could just level it to 100 percent, I mean, that's going to be. OP, you're going to be able Super to jump me. in it. You're going to be able, yeah, you're going to be able to jump Mega in the game me. and just crush it and, and do whatever you want. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how that RPG element works. But in general, I'm super excited for this game. I cannot wait. I don't know who I will play. I've always played as Mario in the past. Like that was just my standard go-to. Um, but maybe I'll dabble with some of the other the other uh, characters here. Boo would be a fun one. Charge and Chuck is kind of a funny choice because it's a football player. So maybe play with Charge and Chuck. Toad is a good one. Maybe I'll play as Toad. I don't know. I'm Yoshi all the way. Yeah. I, I want to turn balls into eggs. I, th- I was thinking Rosalina would be a good one for you too because like the star, she got the microphone. I saw her power up. So like swung this microphone around. It was pretty cool. Or maybe that was Pauline. <laughs> maybe. I'll have to experiment with a few of them because some of them I'm not really familiar with. I'm not familiar with Rosalina or Pauline or Charge and Chuck or King Bomb Mom. Everyone else I know about, but those are the only ones I don't. I am excited. I'm very excited for this. I think it'll be fun. I'll definitely be picking it up. So we'll have to do some multiplayer golfing streams. We'll have to stream some balls. That'll be awesome. Definitely. Definitely. (laughs) Streaming balls. Uh, Now, we also got a hint, a potential hint at a new Tony Hawk game. Now, they're not saying that this is coming out for sure. They're not even saying that it's coming on the Switch. But considering the fact that we know Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 was announced that it'll be on the Switch, I wanted to call this one out because I'm a big Tony Hawk fan you know i like those games a lot the remakes that came out for pro skater one and two were fantastic um but during a little interview with the drummer of cky jess margera he mentioned that they are potentially on the the new game they were talking about music and sort of licensing for music and he said quote yeah i believe we're going we're i believe we're doing the new one coming out too so Nobody else knew anything about a new game. So maybe, (laughs) yeah, maybe that's the case here. Because I think back when Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 came out, the musicians that were on that were those same ones that spilled the beans for that game. So it's kind of funny that another band. <laughs> Do these musicians not sign NDAs? They like, just must not realize, like, you know, they're so excited. They just get away with it. <laughs> yeah, they're so excited. They just don't think about it. But I, I think that would be awesome. Now, the only problem is the developer that did Pro Skater 1 and 2 Remake, Vicarious Visions, has merged with Blizzard. And now they're only working on Diablo 2 Resurrected. So they won't they wouldn't be available for this, which would be a shame because they did such a great job on those remakes mm. that it would be kind of cool if they were able to make a new Tony Hawk game. 
but we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm excited at the possibility. Uh, I've got plenty of Tony Hawk skate game to play right now, so I don't need it this moment, but I am excited at the possibility of there being a new one and it would even be better if it made its way to the switch. Yeah. I'm wondering too, if, you know, Diablo two resurrected, they'll probably simmer back or like pull back on working that at some point because they'll get it to a certain point where it's just they're doing QA and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe then Vicarious Visions will switch over to the next pro skater. I don't, you know, I don't think so because no. that's, I, I don't know. I, I Who knows? Who knows? There's in, yeah. no way of knowing, I guess, for sure. But um, it would be cool. I, I just thought yeah. that they were working on that for quite a bit but yeah you're right they can't work on it forever indefinitely yeah. so they'll have to switch up and work on something else eventually or have something in the pipeline so yeah you would think and it sounds like he says yeah i believe we're doing the new one coming out too so maybe it's just been in talks nothing's actually been started and gone in production or anything yet yeah so yeah who knows we will find out eventually <laughs> mm-hmm that does it for our news this week. Moving on to the top 10 bestsellers. In first place, I was very surprised by this. Metopia, number one. What? Uh, mm-hmm. Is pushed Pokemon Snap to number two. And then the rest of the list is the usual suspects. Uh, third, we have Among Us. Fourth, Minecraft. Fifth, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Sixth, Animal Crossing New Horizons. And I'm happy to report Subnautica did finally make it into the top 10. It is number seven. The first game. Nice. Uh, eighth is Super Mario 3D World. Ninth, Cooking Simulator, random. And then tenth is Stardew Valley. And Subnautica Below Zero did also move up in the list last week. They were in 20th place. Now it's in 13th. Very so nice. um, I just really love the games. So I'm, I'm just keeping tabs on those to see kind of how they fluctuate each week. But yeah. they keep going up. They keep moving up. So that's yeah. good to see. Uh, Mitobi, I th- there's a demo out. If you want to play the demo, I would suggest playing the demo before you buy it. I... Don't I don't like Metopia. I thought it was stupid, but I mean, some people maybe are like into it. I don't know. I, I just it's like just, how blunt you are about it. It's stupid. It's it's just silly. It's dumb. Yeah. There's nothing to it. There, it's not a good RPG. I don't care for me's and there's a lot of weird choices in there because you know like i said if you and i and a bunch of our friends have me's that we created it doesn't automatically import them you have to like link to them outside it's just everything about it was just silly Weird. sounds like a classic nintendo online yeah, it made experience. it more complicated than it needed to be for yep. <laughs> a game that's not worth the time to make you jump through all these extra steps but if you are loving me tobia you know good on you and uh shoot us a tweet and tell me how wrong i am but i think it is not very good (laughs) but a couple games that may be good are coming out this week on new releases we're into and i guess i will go first because i have the double check on this one may 25th king of seas is finally coming out again it's normally going to be 25 dollars. it's on sale for 20 dollars, and we played the demo i streamed the demo we've talked about this game for months it is a pirate action role-playing game and uh it's a procedurally generated pirate world which is kind of cool i guess it keeps it interesting and yeah this one it's a lot of fun there's a demo out there you should have already played the demo if you haven't i would highly suggest you jump on there and do play the demo because i think they did a great job with this game from what i've seen of it in the demo uh but i want to buy this i want to play this we did have a key and then they the key broke and then they never gave us another key so i was really hoping we could have had a full review on this for in time for it to come out but unfortunately that's not the case but i Mm. will be picking up king of seas 
because I really enjoyed the demo and I enjoyed what they've got going on. It seems like it's really well made and um, it, it, it's, it, it scratches a lot of the itches that I have for a pirate game. It does a lot of things right. I don't like the character design. I mentioned that already. I think that looks really bad. Yeah. But uh, in general, the world that they created, the gameplay that they created, it was a lot of fun. I just, the part in the stream where you had Pirates of the Caribbean playing was so funny. You gotta have it that play. Yeah. The next one I checked is a little on the expensive side. It's also coming out May 25th for $40. It's Man Eater. It's a single player action RPG set in the unforgiving waters of the Gulf Coast. Fight to survive in the open seas with a danger lurking at every depth. Your only tools are your wits, your jaws, and an uncanny ability to evolve as you feed. Now, this sounds crazy, but in fact, you are a shark in this game. And I think that sounds kind of fun. <laughs> you are basically as a shark, what looks like a great white, you swim around, you eat stuff. And at some point, the things that you eat are kind of let you power up and you, you quote unquote evolve. So it did seem like there were certain ones where maybe there was like electricity and other weird story based things. I looked all over for some gameplay trailers and it seemed like most of the trailers were more cinematic trailers, which scares me a little bit. That's why I gave it a single check. And for 40 dollars that's a lot uh, but i want to keep an eye on it because the idea of being this big shark and just eating people sounds like a lot of fun i always <laughs> remember playing jaws back years and years and years ago i think it was on the nes uh you you basically but you were people you were the people you were actually hunting jaws but that game kind of made me feel like this game and that was a lot of fun where you would take your boat and you would kind of go out looking for Jaws. Now I like the idea of being essentially Jaws and eating the boat that's looking for me. So we'll see. I'm going to keep an eye on it. If some reviews or trailers or something comes out, I did try to get a code, so maybe we will. Um, hmm. If something comes out for this, I will absolutely play it and stream it and give a review. You just want to be a shark and eat people. That's yeah, it. That's all. That's all. Uh, the next game I have checked, I am a little iffy about this one. I almost didn't put a check on it, but it looks really interesting. Uh, so I wanted to mention it in case people are into this sort of thing. So it is called Mutazion. Sure. Mutazion. Yeah. Mutazion. It's an adventure game where juicy personal drama is just as important as the high stakes supernatural adventure part of the story. Uh, not into the personal drama stuff, but basically... It seems like there is a meteor that hits the city and people start mutating and things happen. There's these crazy weird characters and it's a you play as a 15-year-old character named Kai as she travels through this new strange community with mutants and she's taking care of her grandfather Nano in this post-apocalyptic world. And it seems like there's a couple interesting mechanics. They have this one mechanic where you can create a garden and customize a unique musical soundscape based on the garden and like the different seeds and things you have in it and the different plants. And you can also share seeds with other friends, which okay. seems so I'm assuming if other friends have the game, you can send it to them. Uh, they didn't really give much detail on it, but I thought that would be a pretty interesting mechanic. And overall, the game looks really interesting, it has a really cool hand illustrated look to it. So unfortunately, I, I did get Night in the Woods kind of vibes, and I didn't love that game. But mm. I think if it's less melodramatic, uh, teenager stupid stupidity, then I think it would be okay. Mm -hmm. But it's twenty dollars. I'm gonna keep an eye on it in my wish list. Maybe if it goes on sale, or if I, you know, 
I'll, I'll keep an eye out for other reviews too for people who have played it uh but it just looked really interesting yeah that sounds good yeah. um this one was a pass for me but i think there was some stuff i liked about it and then i saw juicy personal drama yeah i, I don't deal, i don't want to deal with drama in my real life especially other people's personal drama i couldn't care less so when i saw that i'm like i'm pass i'll let that's you tell the me thing how that turned was. me off to it because then it made me wonder if it was going to be like night in the woods because of it but yeah. if if they kind of take this crazy mutate mutated spin on it it could just be fun and interesting and less annoying but yeah, it's possible i did think yeah. it looked nice i do like the aesthetic of the game yeah me too now a game i have checked is may 27th it's called pathway it is normally going to be 16 dollars. it's currently on sale for 12.79 they describe it as uh nazi influence has spread along with rumors of secret excavations mysterious artifacts and gruesome occult rituals assemble a bold team of ventures and journey through the desert wilderness outwit foes and strategic squad combat and locate ancient treasures before they fall into the wrong hands i really like the look of this game this was actually published by chucklefish who we know they published uh stardew valley for a short while mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they pu- published i think uh there's a witch one which brook i think it's called that's going to be coming out they they have a very good sense of the games that they like. They also did Wargroove, which this kind of reminds me of Wargroove, mm. that sort of combat that they're, you know, turn-based combat that they have. I like this. I like the, the, the idea of the adventure that's involved where you're going to be going through different areas. I like the choices that you have to make. I like that there's a lot of replayability involved in this game and that you're going to build out a team. They do say that there's 16 unlockable characters. Each one has their own sort of skills and strengths. So you can kind of use some strategy to say, okay, this is the team I want to bring into this part of the battle. And it actually just looks really well done. It's it's similar to a war groove in looks and actually similar to a lot of the games they make or publish. Um, Witchbrook is the same way. It's it's kind of like that pixelated look to it. But I, mm-hmm. I like that. I don't have a problem with that. So I definitely gave this one a check. I'm excited to see it. I will say I have this for free on the epic store it was one of those like sale games that you could get for free Mm -hmm. Uh, and i think that's past now but i do have it for free on epic so you know i may try it there for a little bit and if it's fantastic and really hooks me maybe i would buy it on switch but i i already have it but it was worth mentioning yeah uh, the next game I have checked also comes out May 27th. And again, it's kind of, I, I'm a little iffy about it, but it looks interesting. It's called Pekka Minosa, a pixel noir game for $14. It's a noir game with pixel art and it has the mechanics of an action RPG. You interrogate suspects, explore a city dominated by crime and sin. <laughs> and never hesitate to use your fists and guns. Um, <laughs> these are hard times in a very tough city. That's that's a quote from the, the game page. Um, but you get to customize your character's appearance, their equipment, and have it evolve through their RPG system called the Life System, which is an, an acronym for Luck, Intelligence, Force, and Endurance. So I thought that was pretty interesting. I don't, I'm, unlike you, pixel art stuff does kind of bother me. I feel like I just have a hard time actually seeing things on a screen when it, like, it's super pixelated. Mm-hmm. So that's the only thing that kind of turned me off from this. Um, but I, I like noir stuff. I like that, that mysterious kind of genre, if you will. Um, so yeah, I put a check on this one. Okay. Sounds good. You want to talk about the next one too? Sure. Uh, the next one is called crying guns. It's on sale for 20, 
2250. <laughs> Crying Sons is a tactical roguelike that puts you in the role of a space fleet commander as you explore a mysteriously fallen empire. I thought that from the trailer that they showed, it looked very complicated, but it did remind me of Tharsis. And I remember when I first saw the Tharsis trailer, I was like, this is not for me. And mm. then Michael played it, and I understood. I was like, I have to play this game. So that's why I was pretty open to this one. So it's space exploration in a procedurally generated universe. There's tactical fights between battleships and squadron fleets. More than 300 possible story events, which is crazy. Mm. A deep and dramatic storyline structured in six chapters and a dark and disturbing atmosphere inspired by your favorite science fiction universes. Uh, into that so yeah if we get a code i would probably watch you play it and then buy it <laughs> yeah I, if you have I, a check on it too <laughs> i do have a check on it. i thought it looked interesting i like the role playing yeah. the the like the tactical side of this uh I'm, i don't like the roguelike part but i do think yeah. that this looks really really good uh it does seem complex but i like the almost uh, board-like quality to this game. So I'm mm -hmm. excited to check this out. I'm hoping we get, uh, even for 22, I would probably hold off a little bit longer. But uh, I do want to, I want to see and maybe potentially play this one. Maybe they'll have a demo. I hope yeah. they have a demo. That'd be cool. Okay, I checked Weaving Tides next for $25. This is... Uh, it's an interesting game. I'm not entirely sure how the battle mechanic works, but the description is... Call your weaver and set out on a journey to explore ancient dungeons, solve puzzles, challenge quirky creatures, and unravel the great mysteries of a long-forgotten past. Weaving Tides is a charming single-player adventure set in a world of magic and textile. Ride on the back of carpet dragons and explore a stunning landscape as you soar above and dive below the weave. So essentially, you you befriend, I think it says three different carpet dragons and they each have their own abilities of some kind. And when you find one that meets like fits for you, you can then sort of upgrade that dragon's abilities and have special abilities. And when you are weaving and battling, you kind of soar around the opponents and kind of like, essentially wrap them up in the weave of the dragon. I thought this game looked really pretty. I'm not hundred percent sold on it yet. I would love a demo for this because it seems, it seems interesting, but it also seems like it could be, it could fall apart once you actually start to play it. Um, I love could the unravel. Vibe. If you it will. could unravel. Yeah. Um, hey. it could, Oh my God. <laughs> I want to mute you. Um, <laughs> It, I love the beauty of it. I love how colorful and how vibrant everything is in this game, but I'm just skeptical. So we'll see. I, I really do hope there's a demo and uh, or I will just wait till there's some reviews. But yeah. I wanted to give it a check because it looked sort of Zelda-ish, you know, in that vein, kind of colorful and vibrant and fun. So we'll see. Yeah, I remember when they announced this in the was the the indie showcase. Yes. Yeah. Did. Yeah. I was interested. And then the more I watched, I'm like, I do not like this theme at all. Mm. Like just carpet dragons and weaving. I don't know. It's, it just seems like it's weird. I, I'm not into that. <laughs> but oh. if you if there is a demo, which I hope there is, I would definitely play that and try it out. Because, yeah. yeah, it's worth checking out. I'm not yeah. sold on it, but it's worth checking out. Yeah. Now that gets us to everybody's favorite segment in the show. What you playing, Christina? What have you been playing? Bioshock Two, and that's 
basically it <laughs> on the Switch. Well, that's easy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also have been playing World of Warcraft, not Switch related, obviously. Mm. Um, and I'm so close to getting level 50. I just want to go to the the new shadow area. Shadowlands. Uh, Shadowlands so bad. Yes. Um, and it's really funny because as you're obviously Michael's been playing Subnautica. Um, but as you've been playing that, it's like there's certain sections in it that remind me of one of the areas in Shadowlands. So it just makes me more excited. Mm. <laughs> and also not Switch related. Maybe one day it will be. But um, I've been watching because the Mass Effect remasters came out. And I'd never played Mass Effect. I kind of hopped You're missing into, out. I know, I kind of hopped into the world after, or the video game world more intensely after the whole Mass Effect thing happened. Um, and wow, did I miss out. This game has me written all over it. I've been watching, I think it's Gab's Smolders. Gab Smolders. Gab Smolders. Yeah, I really like her playthroughs. So really, if anybody else is looking for more streamers and or uh, YouTubers to watch, her her streams are pretty good. Um, so I've been watching her play through it. She's only the second episode in, and I'm like so into this world and the story and the characters. Like Tali is so cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Garrus is so cool. It just, uh, I I love everything that's happening in it, um, and I, it looks I, great. I I mean, you 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 can just play it. You, you no, haven't you I haven't have technically to... missed it. it. It just came out again. Like, no, but it's too late because now there's like it's easier for me to watch, and I can watch people play as I work on stuff. Gotcha. So it's it's nice to have something like that. But I don't want to have to plug in my Xbox and turn that on and wait for it to update and then figure out the Xbox Store because it seems to change every time I open it up. It just it seems like nice it's more of a hassle. <laughs> if these came out for switch i i know when they initially announced the mass effect remaster it has has me excited i don't know if i will uh play it anytime soon just because i have a lot that i'm currently playing through and i have already played those games Mm -hmm. um but i I absolutely loved mass effect absolutely loved it when i played Mm -hmm. it for the first time years ago it was just one and two were fantastic three i don't even know if i finish three or not i i want to say yes i'm more familiar with three than the earlier ones three i've seen people like watch here and there i had some friends that played it and i watched them but they are fantastic games yeah Uh, like you said not switch related but they are just fantastic games so yeah cool Cool. So now for me, I've been playing Subnautica. Obviously, we've been streaming that. I'm playing Subnautica, and then I will also jump over to uh, the sequel. What is it? Um, Not Below Zero. Cold Down Below something or another. I don't know. Sub-Zero. Yeah, Below Zero. Below Zero. It's not not Sub-Zero. That was the missed opportunity. Yeah. Subnautica Below Zero. That'll be after. Uh, So I am enjoying that. I have played Subnautica, like I mentioned, I think several times, but I've only made it, I don't know, Two thirds of the way through. Two thirds of the way through. I haven't finished it, so I I have a lot. There's a lot of things you don't know. And I'm almost. (laughs) I would. I'm not almost to where I was because I, you know, I'm moving quick this time, quickly. So there's a lot that I've already forgotten about the when I first played it. So it's kind of nice Mm. to see it again. And there's just a. It's just nice to be back into it because I I haven't played the game in so long. So I'm I'm really enjoying playing Subnautica. It's playing fantastic on the Switch. There's little hiccups here and there, but overall it is just super, super well done. Uh, I also started, I downloaded the demo slash full game of Knockout City and have been playing that a little bit. Uh, Not, I don't, I haven't put enough time into it, but I don't think I want to pay. And I did try to go to Knockout City, and they do have the thing, the option on there to buy it. When I went to buy it, it brings me to the eShop, 
And then it says it's already been purchased. So I'm not entirely huh. sure what is going on in this game. I don't understand this buying purchase thing. I haven't purchased anything. And uh, yeah, I, I really don't know what they're doing. So I wanted to see what the price was going to be. So I could at least report that on the podcast. But my guess is maybe the price shows up after this 10-day demo. Maybe it's like a pop-up or like a wall where it's like, oh, you have to pay to keep playing. Yeah, I have no idea. Maybe. So yeah, I don't yeah, know what's we'll going on in Knockout City. If you haven't played Knockout City, I would say so just download this demo. I think you get it for two weeks or a week or something like that right now. And it's fun. It's a great game. Um, I like the idea of running around throwing you know dodgeballs at everybody. And it's, it's cool. They did a great job with it. Uh, you can customize your character and all that kind of fun stuff. I also mentioned last week that I had interest in Rise of the Slime. It's a card deck builder battle game like I like, and they have a demo mm-hmm. out. So I played that a little bit. Super cute. Well done. Uh, this one is, it's just, it's fun. You basically are playing at this as the slime and you're sort of trying to prove yourself and, 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 you know, uh, <laughs> essentially become a hero and you're kind of going through and you're battling things. And it's really, really cute. I like the mechanics of it. I'll probably play the demo a few more times. I would like to get at least through the demo before I decide if I want to buy it. I don't think I need it just because I don't think it's doing anything that a game like Faria isn't doing. And if I'm going to play a card deck builder game, I want to play more of Faria because that one is just mm. gorgeous, 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 yeah. gorgeous game. Um, but this one is really, really well done. And if that, if you, if you've played other games and you've beaten them or don't have any interest in them, but you like that type of game, I would check out Rise of the Slime demo. It is definitely worth looking into. And then, like you, I've been playing WoW. I know it's not Switch related, but I love it it's and games. I want to talk about it. So yeah. I love, I love me some WoW and working. On, I think I'm level 41, so almost level 50 to where we can go to Shadow. <laughs> I was expecting you to say almost 42, and then you said 50. Almost like, 50. Oh, almost yeah. 50. It's it's a it's it's as close it's close enough. Yeah. 41, you're practically level 50. I'm almost level 42. Nice. So I'm, I'm yeah, getting there. Which is so almost close. 50. Basically. <laughs> basically right. already at, at at level 100. So 60 is the max. Already. I'm almost I'm basically almost at 60. <laughs> yeah. You're almost almost 60. <laughs> So we're doing something a little different this week, and we will probably be implementing it in the future, where obviously there are games that pop up here and there that Michael and I just aren't interested in, but they are pretty popular. A lot of people like them. Uh, So we have friends, believe it or not, (laughs) and they play these games, and we figured, why don't we bring them in the podcast once in a while, and we'll chat about them. So this week is the first person we're going to be bringing in, our friend Becca. You know, we mentioned her here and there in the podcast, um, and she's going to be talking about Pokemon Snap. So talk away becca hello hello i think you've talked about my my cats more than you've talked about me <laughs> yeah oh maybe <laughs> yeah this is exciting i can't believe you guys don't have time to play every game that's released that's <laughs> yeah. crazy yeah i know we get we kind of get hung up on almost one game and play it for weeks on Obsessively. end that seems to yeah, yeah that seems to be the main thing but yeah yeah pokemon snap huge huge game that came out and neither of us really were interested. <laughs> and we knew how excited you were for it. So we figured Becca is the one to talk about this game because she loves Pokemon Snap. And you played yeah. the original, right? I did. So I think I know exactly why I was excited for this and maybe neither of you were. Um, and I think it's exactly my age. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I played the original one. Um, so that one came out in 1999. And that was like peak Pokemon craze. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I was 11 when, yeah, when Pokemon got really popular, I was 11. So uh, almost a little bit too old, to be honest, but like right on the verge <laughs> of like still being young enough to care, um, but like old enough to like be excited about it um, mm-hmm. and to understand what was happening with these games and everything else. So yeah, like the feeling of the original one, which I mean, I have to talk about the original one when sure. I talk about the new one because mm-hmm. they're just so like intermixed. Like the name of the new one is New Pokemon Snap. Like they're not even kidding around. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even try. <laughs> yeah, like they are definitely like appealing to my, you know, middle millennial uh, age group, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so when that came out, that it was just like the coolest thing to think about. Okay, so you've played this game you know, on your Game Boy, where it's like, you know, not great graphics and whatever. Um, good for the time, I guess. But like, you understand like this world of Pokemon in the cartoon existed. And it was like, this mm. was the first chance to actually like step into that world mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And to kind of experience like Pokemon wildlife. Yeah, sure. And I think that was the appeal for people. That was their excitement was, I love Pokemon. I want to see them for real like what is a pokemon Pokemon. when i'm not battling what is it doing yeah (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) when you're like sneaking through the bushes like trying to catch them doing their thing um yeah so i can step back a little bit and talk about what the the game actually is in case anyone doesn't know (laughs) sure yeah sure yeah yeah definitely so the original one and the new one are um I guess first person photography games. I don't, I'm sure there are other ones. <laughs> this is the only one I know of. Um, so it, you're not shooting anything. You're, you're just, you're, you're shooting with your camera hmm. um, and it's an on rails game. So um, you are in this like, I don't know, autonomous pod <laughs> that like follows a laser trail, like through different terrains, whether it's like the beach or like the forest or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you don't have to steer anything. You're just like, you've got your camera and you can look in all directions and, and get pictures of a Pokemon. And that is essentially the plot is Mm -hmm. to take nice pictures. I always thought of it as the tour in the original Jurassic Park and almost as exciting for me anyway, (laughs) as it was in that movie, because it was just like. I though I think for me the rails part of it always aggravated me where I where you're just kind of stuck in this thing and and that's kind of how it was in the movie too where they were aggravated mm-hmm. they wanted to see something they wanted to do something they wanted to interact and it was like all right on to the next spot and you'll you know and I get that it I think that works into the replayability of it because yeah. you're always missing something. Yeah, I think uh, it, it, it would actually be better if it were more like Jurassic Park and that there was some element of danger mm. or like some unpredictability. That would it's be actually... kind of cool. Ooh. That would be kind of cool if, some, yeah. if maybe the Pokemon actually did interact with you and some potential things could arise. Yeah, or like totally. at night, I mean, the scary Pokemon. Yeah, <laughs> like there's a little bit of like interaction. Um, mm-hmm. Like you throw fruit at them. Um, you can play your music box. In mm-hmm. the old game, it was a poke flute, which was like canon. And now there's, um, I don't know, a music box for mm. whatever reason. Um, but maybe like the on rails, you know, in the late 90s was just a result of like the limitations of. Sure, of the platform, maybe. Yeah, the technology, maybe. And to carry it into now, maybe is a little bit, I don't know, rudimentary. But um, it does feel like a game 
that is for a younger audience than me, a 33 year old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but at the same time, I think it really is for like those of us who were 11 when the first game came out. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, want to play like a better version of that. Now, do you I, I, I you played the you play the core games, right? Yeah. OK, so does is this something that kind of feel like carries over? Are you somebody that loves pretty much all thing Pokemon or I I like Pokemon. I, I really I've always liked Pokemon, the game, like the core games. And then I've always tried because I like those core games so much. I've always tried these sort of offshoots and they just never seemed to grip me. Like there was that. What was it? Pokemon Cafe app. There was Pokemon <laughs> Go. There's Pokemon Snap, which I think has been embraced a lot more than those other ones. But well, yeah. maybe not Pokemon Go, but um, you know, there's these other games that kind of keep working it themselves in and, and it kind of for me anyway, keeps reinforcing my interest in the core games and wishing I could get even more from those core games Mm. now that I see what they did in this game. I mean, from Mm -hmm. what I've seen, it's gorgeous. And all I want is that now brought into, there's like no excuse for it not to be that in a core game anymore. Yeah, no, that's exactly my line of thinking is I want this to be what those mainline games look like. Sure. Um, And I like I'm very I've been very fair weather about it. Like I loved Pokemon like in the initial like explosion of it when I was Mm -hmm. in middle school and then quickly realized it was not cool. So like back (laughs) away. So like I really only know like Gen 1 Pokemon names like I will never learn the rest of them. I won't like I'm too old. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm very much Gen 1 focused Pokemon. There's some others that pop up where I'm like, oh, that one's kind of cool or that one's kind of cool. But they, none of them hold my interest like Gen 1 Pokemon did. Yeah, it. it yeah, I agree with that. Um, but I, I played Pokemon Shield. Um, so I had not played any games for like the longest time, like mm-hmm. what, a couple decades um, kind of jump back in with that one and like I liked it but mm-hmm. it you know it, it didn't grip me the same way um, it wasn't very challenging yeah um, the look of it is like something about it, it's just not that interesting mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know I don't know what it is about that but I, I like like this game new Pokemon snap comes closest to like getting that feeling back of oh, like cool. being mm-hmm. excited about like um just imagining this world where like mm. there are Pokemon, your little pocket monsters just all around you um, coexisting with you. And and that feels kind of exciting to me. Sure. I think that I, it makes me excited for whatever this next core mainline game is. I know they yeah. played with sort of the wild area in the most recent one. And if they could expand that to basically just be the game in the next one but be set in the world that they created with pokemon snap you know if that's the world and that's the look and that's everything that they were able to do and then have the next core game kind of in that i that's the that's where it needs to be to really get my interest and get my excitement back and i and i agree with you becca that it's just not that difficult anymore yeah then the new ones that they showed I think the only thing, like the idea is there for that to happen, but yeah, it just didn't look the way I wanted it personally to look. And it was early on. So, I mean, there's still time for it. Yeah. When they announced the most recent one. Yeah. 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 And it would be okay. Like, it doesn't have to be like realism. Like I just want it to have some style that is like interesting. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, one of the best parts about this new game is just how it looks and how it feels. It's like very lush. There's a lot going on around you. Um, it would be great if in a mainline game it felt more like that. If they went more open world with it, like, you know, they mm. did have yeah. that wild area, but like that, it was a little disappointing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, if they just I think that was everybody's that. take. It just yeah. wasn't enough. It was a taste, mm -hmm. but it's not what everybody wanted. Yeah, yeah, totally. And there's so much potential there. Um, you know, and now so many like generations of humans who are interested in this. Sure. Um, that's like a really big audience they could get. Yeah, absolutely. Now, from being a fan of Pokemon Snap to new Pokemon Snap, do you think it was a good evolution? Do you wish they did a few things differently? Overall, did it sort of scratch the itch of playing some Pokemon Snap? Because I know you were super excited initially yeah. and did that did that pay off was it everything you were yeah hoping? did it live up to your expectations it actually went a little bit beyond my expectations nice. so oh, the original <laughs> game was the shortest game it was like a two-hour game mm. like it was oh. very quick to get through mm. there weren't that many stages um and every time you played a level in the old game like was exactly the same thing every time. Like you knew exactly where each Pokemon yeah. was going to be. Like it almost became like rote memorization, um, which you could get to because there were so few stages anyway. So if you played it enough, you kind of like, you, <laughs> you not only beat it, but like knew exactly where everything was happening. Um, <laughs> so the new one keeps a lot of what was fun about that with like um, just going through the different stages and trying to capture new interesting shots but has so much more to it, like so many more stages, actually more than I expected. Um, because when the map first opens up in the game, I thought, I was like, okay, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, whatever, like <laughs> nine things. And then I kept unlocking more. So that was actually... That's nice. Nice, a nice surprise. Yeah. yeah. Because <laughs> I would have been happy with just the few of them. Um, and in this one, there are different... So you level up in each um, stage. So it's not exactly the same thing every time. Um, so as you play it and get more points in each stage, in each level, um, you can level up, you know, to level three or four, I think is maybe the max for each of them. I haven't totally figured that out yet. But as far as I've seen, level three or four is the highest for each of them. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. And then different things start happening and different Pokemon appear. And there's, you know, daytime and nighttime. And um, this game also has these, like, assignments you're given. Um so the premise is that you're doing like ecological studies of Pokemon. So you're helping researchers out by taking photos of Pokemon in their natural habitats. Like, I don't know, study them to learn about mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. So you'll get assignments of like, um, try to get a picture of like Grookey doing a handstand or like, <laughs> like an Arbok falling out of a tree or whatever. So that adds some interest to it where, you know, you're not just trying to get like an interesting centered big photo of a Pokemon, but you're also like trying to catch these little moments that happen. Mm. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. So it, it feels like there is a lot to discover, even though it's still the same format of like you're on rails. It's kind of the same thing every playthrough. It's different enough where it feels like there's a lot to like uncover and discover um, and improve and notice new things all the time. So well, that's nice. It definitely, because this was a full, full price game, I believe right? $60 game. Yeah, it was a so pricey one. It's mm. good that there at least seems to be that extra playability in there. Because if this was what you had, you know, let's say it was sort of similar to the old Pokemon Snap where maybe you had five hours and then that was it. I think that $60 price tag is a tough sell. 
But yeah. it seems like with all of the other stuff they've added on, and I'm sure this game is ripe for DLC down the line where they could add stuff, whether mm-hmm. it's paid or unpaid. It doesn't seem like it'd be that hard to introduce another island with more courses or something. So it, mm. it does seem like a game that could potentially keep growing over time, which I think is nice that, you know, it adds value in the long run. Um, it looks beautiful. So that's always good. What, what about anything that you are maybe annoyed by or just didn't like? Was there anything that stood out where you thought, uh, I wish that wasn't there or they changed that? Yeah, like there's a lot of little experience design things that I don't like. And the very first thing I noticed, I was like two minutes into the game and the sound effects were driving me crazy. Mm. Um, (laughs) So I went into settings and like turned the sound way down and like kept the music up because it's like every time you hit the select button, like it makes this whirring sound like every time though. So every time you select a photo out of like your entire reel that you just took, though, it sounds like you're like in a spaceship and there's like an alarm going off. Like it's so annoying. (laughs) So I turned that down. Um, Those assignments I talked about that you're trying to basically check off these things. Um, It's not always obvious like what they're asking for. Like you'll think you're (laughs) fulfilling that request with your shot, but then you submit it and it's nothing. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, there's one that's like, like, I'm pretty sure I need to take a photo of an executor that's sleeping on the beach, but I've done it like five times and it's not working. So I'm missing something. (laughs) And there's a bunch like that. And you just don't know what. There's like one that's like a puffer Mm -hmm. fish. I don't know its name, but like you're supposed to get a picture Mm -hmm. of it like puffing up. And I've tried so many times. (laughs) That's not the case. And I don't know why. And there's so many of these assignments too. And there's, there's no like, like hints or anything. No, there's Maybe no try hints this or, or guidelines or like, yeah. Or there's not mm. even an, indi- an indication when you're taking the photo that it's like, you did it or anything like oh, that. Oh, so you go and in, out into this world and take photos with your camera hoping that it works or. Yeah, hoping that it's hoping the right that it, thing mm. to fulfill that request. Um, yeah. And they easily could have done more with that because there are like sound bites. Like, I don't exactly know who the characters are in this. They're like researchers and it's like, uh-huh. I don't know, the professor's nephew or something like rides with you. Um, and they'll be like, wow, cool. Like while you're taking <laughs> pictures. <laughs> um, or like, I wish I got that shot or whatever. Like when you like perfectly nail something in, this, in the center. Yeah. So they very easily could have. <laughs> I say very easily. It seems to me they could very easily have added something like, oh, can't wait to show the professor or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like tell or you make sure you it. save this one in your book or something yeah, like that. Something like yeah, something like that. Just to give some cue that Indication. it's what you were hoping for. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, does the, does the game review the photos? And so say you need to take a picture of a squirtle or something and it, it, you take the photo. Does the game acknowledge that that's the what the photo is or can it look because i could have swore i watched somebody playing it and they had a beautiful photo of a squirtle but there was like a diglet and blurry in the background and the game's like great shot of a diglet oh, the guy's like no that is not what i took a picture of that's not even what i'm trying to show you so can they does the game do that is that what's happening they can um so oh, wow. it's a little bit better than in the original game, I think, because you can kind of like target on stuff. It seems like like you can run mm-hmm. a scan and like kind of um, kind of follow a Pokemon. Um, but that okay. happened to me just the other day. I was in the cave 
And I got what I thought was like a wonderful photo of like a flock of Flareon. <laughs> but it it registered as like a po- uh, like a the Pokédex or photo decks for like this turtle that was in the background. <laughs> oh, yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. It's like that's, that's not what I that's not what I'm trying to show you. Um so that that does get, happen. It, it seems like there would be a way. I mean, the game would know what's in the photos. It should say, are you, do you want us to focus on X? Or, or we've we've scanned the photo and we see that there's X, Y, and Z. Which one do you or want like, this photo to be Or manually adjust the focus on your camera. So you have your camera and then it can auto-select yeah, like something. what you want it to look at. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's pretty. So it seems like there's a couple mm-hmm. little quirky things. But in general, nothing game-breaking by the sounds. And it performed, I would assume, very well. It does. Page. I mean, yeah. It loads quickly, everything like that. Um, I always have complaints about this kind of game with how long it takes to get started. Like the tutorials and like mm-hmm. the backstory yeah. that I don't care about. Um, you can skip the tutorials, but it's still... I think the other, like, Pokemon Shield felt the same way. Where it was just like, mm-hmm. all right, I got it. Like, <laughs> we know how to throw a Pokeball. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was my complaint with Pokemon Shield. It was painful for how, yeah, if you've played any Pokemon for any amount of time, you knew how to, you know what Pokemon is. And I do not need a tutorial for the 10th time I've played these games. <laughs> it's just let us skip it, give the option at the very least to just skip it. I'm happy to hear that they did that with this one at least. It's still there, was still was like extra dialogue and stuff you couldn't necessarily skip, but at least, yeah, um, it. it it was a little painful, but yeah, nothing, nothing <laughs> that really ruined it for me. Um, honestly, it's like one of those games I like to pick up, like you can pick it up for five or 10 minutes at a time. Um, oh, that's nice. Yeah. Each course is pretty short. Um, you're not getting real deep into anything. You know what I mean? It's really like, I mm-hmm. always like to have yeah. one, at least one of those games um, going nice. that you can just kind of like pop in and out of, you know, when you have a little bit of time. Now, have you beat it? Is it over? Did you, or are you still just slowly working your way I'm through it? I'm being pretty slow about it. Um, okay. I've put in probably like 15 hours so far, um, which okay. I oh, thought okay. was it's pretty good. <laughs> I thought I'd be done in that amount of time. Um, but there's <laughs> yeah. some things I haven't even unlocked yet. Um, and then if I wanted to go back and like get to the top level of every course um, and I somehow fulfill every assignment that exists, like there is plenty to do. Um, I nice. mean, it's not the kind of game you're going to play for four hours at a time. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, it gets a hmm. little bit, you know, gets to be yeah. a bit much after a little while. Um, but I, I like jumping in and jumping out of it for sure. Nice. Christina, do you have any more questions on Pokemon Snap? Like, do you feel like it's definitely worth the price point? I would say if you know what you're getting into. So if you know that it's not a mainline game. Um, if you know that like it's not plot heavy, there's, you know, mm-hmm. not a whole lot to yeah. it. It is more just like a, a surface level um, world that you can visit and look around and listen to the calming music um, and use it as that kind of game, then definitely. Or if you played the original and really liked it, um, this is everything that was good about that, but <clears throat> updated for 2021. Okay. Nice. Nice. Cool. That's excellent. Well, thank you so much for jumping in and giving us your feedback on a game that neither of us are going to play. But it does sound at least at the very least, it is better than what I experienced when I first played Pokemon Snap. I remember 
not being for me back then. <laughs> and when I saw the announcement, I'm like, oh, no. So I'm happy to see that there's been some quality of life improvements. It does look beautiful and it does seem pretty well received overall. So mm-hmm. it's it's good to see that, you know, you, you were you were happy with your uh, your purchase. Yeah. And I mean, this has been fun to talk about it. So thanks for bringing me in as a fake expert. On something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> If there's any other games that you end up playing that uh, we haven't, we absolutely will have you on again to to give a rundown. And I'm sure people will like to hear that because they get sick of hearing just the two of us go on about games. Because especially with Christine and I, we end up a lot of the times playing very similar mm-hmm. games. Yeah. <laughs> so it's nice to have another person that, to, that can chime in with us. So thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And if, if anybody does want to continue this conversation with Becca on Twitter... Um, we'll put that information in the show notes and everything if people want to connect with you. (laughs) Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. All All right. right. Thanks. So much good information. Um, I'm excited for a lot of these games. I think we got a great list of games coming out. We played a lot of games. If you want to reach out to us, if you think we're crazy for our take on Zelda Amiibos or the Apple and Epic, if you say, Michael, you're nuts, Game Pass is definitely coming to the Switch, then feel free to reach (laughs) out to us. Tell me that it's coming to the Switch. You can go over to NintendoDispatch.com and go to our contact page and write us. You can also watch us if you like over at Twitch. We're at twitch.tv forward slash Nintendo Dispatch. You can reach out to us on Twitter at Dispatch Podcast. You can go to Discord where there's a link to that over at our website. You can pretty much reach us in any way, shape, or form and tell us that we are insane. But uh, for now, that has been your Nintendo Dispatch. <laughs> <laughs>